For the first time since 2020, the Chiefs head to Orchard Park to take on the Buffalo Bills. This time, the stakes are even higher. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome into a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partners in possible here at KCSN. Uh, it's wonderful working with them. Just love the people out there and love the partnership that we have with Emprise Bank. If you have any banking needs whatsoever, make sure you are uh, calling them first because you will not regret it. They are the uh, official banking company of the KC Draft Guide. So, say that. Anyways, it's a game preview edition. I'm excited to be with my friends, Matthew Lane, Craig Stouts. Matthew, happy divisional round preview to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Happy divisional round preview for you as well. And to all of you listeners that also celebrate this holiday yearly since Patrick Mahomes has taken over the uh, reins for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it's been really fun, and the Chiefs are on the doorstep of going to their sixth straight AFC championship game. Um, wow. <laughs> First of all, I just, wow. Second of all, big obstacle in their way with the Buffalo Bills this week. I'm really excited for this game. I think it's going to be just a, a really good matchup. I think that there's a lot of stuff for both teams that there's little itsy bitsy kind of advantages here and there but i think these two teams are really evenly matched right at this very moment yeah and it's been a tumultuous year for you know two teams that we thought were going to sit atop the afc and the bills probably sat where they should have when it was all said and done in the afc at number two it's just the number one team probably isn't what we all anticipated it being uh that would be the kansas City chiefs matthew uh we, i saw your confused face there but you know uh, two teams that have been in it a lot in the last couple years have gone at it a little bit. The last couple years have been in this position in the divisional round against you know against each other. Um, they're back at it and kind of feels like you know pretty familiar. I think we're all kind of used to a divisional round game against the Bills uh, or a playoff game against the Bills. And let's get into it. So this is obviously Patrick Mahomes' first road game uh, in the playoffs. I know some people call the. Tampa Bay Super Bowl for some reason with, you know, 80% corporate sponsors in the crowd, uh, a road game. I do not count that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I refuse to count that. This is the first one in a hostile crowd full of Bills fans. But let's talk about the offense. I think that's where we start today. Um, you know, I think we we saw this team start to get into a little bit of rhythm here. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, there's been some positive indicators. We saw some positive indicators uh, against against the against the Dolphins, Matthew. What do you need to see from this offense to get the job done in a, another elevated situation against a better football team this week? Uh, they just gotta continue what they started versus the Dolphins. I mean, I think it's pretty much that simple and that clear, right? They need to. They started versus the Dolphins. They started to look like a more complete offense. They were attacking all levels of the field. They were stretching the field. They. They appeared to be pulling all of the right levers until they hit the red zone at all the right times. Yes, there were still some execution errors with drops, with the vertical ball tracking and ability to connect on some, on some downfield throws, but they had a, a decent run-pass balance. They hit 
good runs when they needed to or enough to force the Dolphins to respect the run game. They were able to get Patrick Mahomes very comfortable. He played one of his best games of the of the season, if not you know the best game of the season. So they finally hit their stride, started hitting everything just right. I know the ultimate end goal. If you watch that game, you're probably not thinking, wow, if that's the best the Chiefs have to offer on offense, that's not good. And I get the sentiment, but like I feel like they were they were calling the right plays. They were hitting the right buttons at the right time. Everything looked more cohesive besides, again, a couple drops and McCall Hardman not being able to play a football downfield. Now, can I sit here and look someone in the eye and say for sure those things won't happen again? Absolutely not. But you can at least you know get ready for this game thinking, the Chiefs' process now on the offensive side of the ball is very good. It is peaking at the right time as they now go ahead to Buffalo to play the Bills in a game where they will definitely need their offense to not only play at that kind of same level, but also probably execute a hair better on some of these plays. Yeah, they've definitely got to execute a hair better, especially in the red zone if they want to hang with this Buffalo team. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to move the ball as, as easily as they were against the Miami Dolphins, who were just crazy depleted but it's not like the buffalo bills are coming in as you know a picture of health right now this linebacking court i am very curious to see how this ends up at this point you know that we are recording this there have been two days of practice we have terrell bernard who has not practiced yet with an ankle injury they haven't said anything about whether or not he's going to be available and then you've also got tyrell dodson who has been a limited participant with his shoulder injury for the past two weeks, they are already down. Balen Spector didn't participate either, and he was starting for this team against Wait, the Steelers. Thank you. Yes, Balen Spector also didn't participate. They are also down Matt Milano right now. That's four guys. And in a nickel where you're playing two linebackers, and all of a sudden you're going to have to call up AJ Klein from the practice squad again, or you know just a standard. You don't have to do practice squad. You can just elevate him to the active roster if all these guys are going to be hurt. You're going to be relying on a bunch of backup linebackers that need to communicate with the third level, with those cornerbacks and with those safeties. And while I really like this safety group, it doesn't really matter if that trust isn't there. If you've got linebackers that are passing things off to space when the safeties don't expect there to be that. And that's what we saw out of the Chiefs this past week against the Dolphins. Those depleted Dolphins linebackers had trouble running with Simple drag routes, simple concepts that require these linebackers in zone coverage to be like, all right, nope, that guy, he's going over here to this safety, and then you turn around, there's not a safety there. I expect that there's going to be miscommunication. I expect that there's going to be a lot of that sort of stuff on here. Andy Reid knows how to manipulate and baptize linebackers that don't have a ton of experience, haven't seen a whole bunch of stuff. So that's where I'm really focused, especially on the offensive side of the ball here. If the Bills get quality linebacker play. I think that this tilts a little bit more in their favor, maybe on the de defensive side of the ball. But if they don't, I fully think that this could go the Chiefs' way. I think the Chiefs started to find more success in the middle of the field than they had in, in weeks prior this last week against the Dolphins. It felt like they're starting to do a little bit more there. They're starting to get Rasheed Rice involved a little bit more there. And, you know, they were, you know, pushing stuff down the field vertically, working stuff underneath to Rasheed. Um, I thought it was really, I think that was a really positive sign for kind of, you know, and that, I think when the Chiefs offense is at its best, they are attacking the middle of the field. And, you know, we, that's why we've clamored for the Travis Kelsey, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster battery. That's why the best offense in, in Mahomes era was with, you know, two guys that were monsters in the middle of the field and a lot of stuff working around it. So it was good and refreshing to see them kind of get 
some more things involved in the middle of the field. And I think that's an, that's that could be a, a, a big factor in this game if if the Bills are you know relegated to having to dip into the practice squad, you know, to to even find depth. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I I don't expect Terrell Bernard to play. I mean, he got carted off. He did. He did, and he hasn't practiced yet this week. But and it hasn't been ruled out officially yet. Yeah, that wasn't you know it was an ankle sprain. You know, but man, I just have a hard time buying that that he's just going to turn around and play on, on a short rest. And um, you know, Bale Inspector probably not going to play either. So I just I do think that there is something to be had. There's some you know there's some you know, there's some some stuff to be you know attacked in the middle field, and you know we Teron Johnson, their all world de- defensive back, he's in concussion protocol. He's been a limited participant. It'd be a six day turnaround on concussions. It has been a longer, and it's this, I think it's a second concussion in like two days. Yeah. So it would I, be, I, yeah. it seems like Bills fans are anticipating him playing, and I don't. I struggle to where you could come up with the confidence from that one because that's like the one injury that is completely out of like the teams or the players kind of control. Right. Um, so that one feels like it's a complete, we're going to find out the day of if he's able to play, but if he can't play and Terrell Bernard can't play, which again, seems likely that means the entire second level of this defense is backups or third stringers like at best. That's that would be a huge even with him in there, right? Like it's still a, a weakness that can be exploited. But he's very good. He adds an experience factor. He adds a dynamic player there. But if they are down Teron Johnson, which said we won't probably know that till the day of, and whether Bernard can play or can't play or not, you know, kind of how it, we'll see how it shuffles. The middle of the field is an area you would expect to see the Chiefs attack, much like they did against the Dolphins for many of the same reasons, right? Like. This team doesn't have a bunch of guys that are used to playing each other through the middle of the field. Even if Johnson plays or anything like that, you have just different guys cycling in and out nonstop across the middle of the field. You kind of have to anticipate the Chiefs coming back in with a similar game plan that they did against the Dolphins. They're going to run a lot of crossers. They're going to run them at various steps. They're going to run them from all different alignments out of every different formation. And they're just going to keep saying like, hey, eventually you're going to bust on one of these. Eventually you weren't going to pass something off and it's going to lead to Rasheed Rice, Rice catching a shallow drag and scoring a touchdown. Eventually, you're gonna, you know, your backside safety is gonna carry McCall Hardman on the on the deep over, and it's gonna leave Rasheed Rice wide open on the dig route behind it. That he's gonna take for 40 yards afterwards. Like that is what the Chiefs' game plan is probably gonna be, regardless of who you know ever ends up playing or not playing. Just given where all the injuries happen for this Bills team, and that's that's probably the best for the Chiefs. This is where Mahomes is gonna be at his best throwing right now and not challenging outside. Now. It's not like the Bills have stellar outside corners right now either with the, with the injuries to Trey White and Benford out there, but it's just not where the Chiefs' strengths align. Yeah, and I, it looks like they might get Russell Douglas back this game. That's a big boost. You know, that that certainly helps mitigate, you know, help. a little bit of losing Teron Johnson. So th- there will be some of that, but now you're talking about multiple different shifting bodies, multiple different guys on the field, and the guy that's been calling your defense, you know, was Matt Milano. Then, you know, you fell, you, you take a step back, you go to your second string guy. Now you're on your third string guy. Like some of what you can do as a defense is limited by that. Now, again, if it's AJ Klein, he's been in the NFL a long time. It's not like he's a guy that, you know, doesn't know the game, isn't going to be able to call the playbook, but there are limits to what you can do as a defensive coordinator with adjustments, 
there are limits to what you feel comfortable with your Mike linebacker audibling out there on the field. It's one of the things that makes Nick Bolton such a player. I think if you watch that Legereus Sneed, you know, mic'd up video, he's crediting Nick Bolton on a couple of those plays. And, you know, that's a great call, 3-2. That's a great call. You know, it's stuff like that that you see that when you have healthy guys, when you have those communicators, it just seems to go really well. When a Nick Bolton passes something off to the second level, time after time this season, it's gone well. That can't happen in Buffalo right now with the same degree of confidence that they have in the past. You know, even with the backup there, he'd been on the field for so long with Matt Milano being out, you had confidence that there was going to be some of that there. Now maybe you don't. And that puts a lot of conflict on that player. And that's also a problem when you're talking about a, a team that's going to be looking to defend the pass as much as possible. Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice in the intermediate middle areas of the field. You got Isaiah Pacheco running at you too. And that's that's scary when you have so much on your plate. You're having to think about all these things, all this eye candy, all this stuff that Andy Reid is putting on you in the passing game. And, oh, yeah, you probably need to get downhill in a hurry because you don't want Isaiah Pacheco breaking the line of scrimmage, running into the second and third levels. Like, that's bad news for you, too. So it's a lot on the plate for this. I know we're, we're really beating this, you know, dead horse with this linebacker position here, but it is far more crucial than I think anybody is making it out to be going into this game right now. Well, I, I think the Steelers got going a little bit offensively as the as that – you know, as the depth started to get challenged for the Bills too. So, you know, the passing game did not look as crisp defensively for the Bills and it didn't look like they were as organized in their back seven. Uh, and, you know, it, that's it's a very beat up back seven that they have right now. It was a very beat up Dolphins team that this team that the Chiefs just played. There's one big difference between the Dolphins and the Bills. And we'll talk about that right after this. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Whether your New Year's resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like delivered right to your doorstep. Make saving time your breeziest resolution with quick, convenient recipes delivered right to you. Just choose your meals and select your delivery date. HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping, so all you'll have to do is open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes to get cooking. HelloFresh can make cooking with your family fun, easy, and simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree and use code KCSNFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree with code KCSNFree. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now let's get back to the show. So I have bad news for Chiefs fans. Craig... Maddie and I will not be rushing the passer for the Miami Dolphins this week the same way. Oh, crap. Yeah. I was hoping, uh, I was hoping I'd catch a Batman <laughs> check this week. Just, yeah. You know, it would have been nice. Would have been. Uh, this, it's going to be a much bigger challenge for this offensive line to handle uh, what, you know, the numbers of bodies that the, the Buffalo Bills can throw at the Chiefs. And I think one of the things that we saw, like, what, I think the biggest grain of salt I have for the Dolphins game. I think there's so many good things, but you know there was no pass rush to speak of from 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 the Dolphins. They really weren't they weren't generating much at all, and that is not going to be the case. And so when you've got a beat up back seven and you've got a lot of guys that um, you know may play may play through some injuries, may deal with some stuff, um, having a fresh healthy front helps. And this front's pretty deep. This front is healthy. Uh, it's not like there's a ton of world beaters, but there are some good players on that defensive line. And that's going to be one of the determining factors in this game is whether or not this defensive line can get going, Matthew. Yeah, so the Dolphins, because of their injuries to their defensive, their outside linebackers, defensive ends, however you want to say it, they had to kind of go to just blitzing a ton, right? They determined that that was going to be their only way to get pressure. And... I don't know if it necessarily worked. Um, I think a lot of the Chiefs' issues against the Blitz were not because of the Blitz. It were be, was because, well, receivers didn't play good, which, hey, maybe maybe that means it does work. I don't know, right? Maybe that does mean it works. However, <laughs> at the end of the day, the Dolphins blitzed the Chiefs 24 times in that game. The Bills only blitzed the Steelers 10 times. I I don't think you're going to see the Bills come out with anywhere close to as heavy of a Blitz-focused kind of game plan. And... I will say this year, the Bills have been a little less static on defense. They've mixed it up a lot more with their coverages. Mm -hmm. They've mixed it up a lot more bringing pressure, showing pressure, and dropping out. Like, they are doing more things. So they're going to try stuff. This isn't going to be the same relatively static Bills defense that the Chiefs have seen over and over again that always seem to have the right answer when the game really matters, right? And the playoffs and stuff like that. So there will be a new challenge. A lot of it will come down to, can the Bills get pressure with four or sometimes three, or can't they? And like this is going to be 
a bigger test for the Chiefs' offensive line. I don't think the Bills' defensive front is dominant. I don't think their four-man pass rush is the best in the NFL, but at any given time, Von Miller can hit you with a throwback vintage Von Miller up. Any given time, Rousseau can come out and have a great play. Ed Oliver's had a really good year for them. So like they have a much better overall defensive front, like a defensive line than the Dolphins did. This will be a little more challenging for the Chiefs' offensive line. At the end of the day, though, if the Chiefs' offensive line plays the way it did in the first round of the playoffs, I don't think it will matter. I thought the Chiefs' offensive line played great. They were bullies in the run game when they needed to be. They were picking up stunts. They were picking up blitzes. Donovan Smith stepped in and played exceptional at left tackle, coming back in to fill in for Wanya Morris, who was out in the concussion protocol. Juwan Taylor, outside, you know, the penalties, had a, a good game actually blocking. So I, I feel good about where the Chiefs' offensive line is in this matchup and the fact that Von Miller showing his age makes that kind of Buffalo defensive pass rush not as dangerous as it looked, say, at the beginning of last year when they had just brought him along to add to all the young pieces. And I mean, they've got lots of guys. Like, hey, Shaq Austin Floyd rotates in, and this Leonard Floyd, still good. Those are guys that have the foot speed and the ability to run the arc on Donovan Smith that were me just a little bit. You know, it, it's not the same sort of deal it was, you know, against the Miami Dolphins where you weren't really worried too much about guys, you know, kind of running up the arc and turning the corner on him. I worry a little bit about some of these guys on here. I worry a little bit about Ed Oliver, you know, getting some pressure on the interior offensive line. I do think that if the Chiefs, I, I'm with Maddie, if the Chiefs offensive line plays like they did last week, I feel really good about it. I, I, there will be more pressure for Patrick Mahomes than there was against the Miami Dolphins simply because this is a significantly better defensive line. But I still feel good about them not coming in and wrecking the game. I am a little bit curious to see what their rush strategy is going to be. Yes, they have not been a blitz-heavy team this year. About 23% of the time they blitz this year. But they've gotten 21 of their 54 sacks off the blitz. So it's been highly effective. When they blitzed, they've been able to bring down the pressure. They've been getting a lot of knockdowns. They, they have really turned the blitz into something very advantageous for them. And so that's one of those that, yeah, of course, you know, you bring more guys, you bring the chance to bring the sacks up, but typically you leave holes in the or in the defense. You leave opportunities for good quarterbacks to attack you and, you know, kind of get downfield. They haven't had that same sort of, you know, it, it variance on the blitz. It's not like when they blitz, all of a sudden every quarterback finds these holes, <laughs> more touchdowns, there's more, you know, whatever. They've still been pretty solid on the back end when they have been asked to blitz, when they bring brought extra guys. So I'm curious to see what their rush plan is against Patrick Mahomes. They can certainly get home with four with this defensive line, but if it's not going well early, they have been so effective out of the blitz that they might turn to it a little bit more than maybe we're even expecting. I think um, I think the fact that the Chiefs saw so much blitz last week against the Dolphins is going to be helpful for some of these wide receivers to, you know, to kind of get back into the swing of things and, you know, kind of, I don't know, handle the next test better. Um, I think that's a, I think that's an important factor. Um, so I, I think that's, that's something that could be advantageous for this team. I don't know if they're going to, I don't know how much they're really going to try to blitz. How much do they want to find out? You know, that's, I mean, in the first matchup, they sent pressure over 25% of the time. Mahomes um, had his one interception was I guess on that play, but that was also you know a, that was a great play off the on, on blocks defensive end trying to get the ball being fit around him. I mean 
they they sit tw- the blitz 12 times. I don't think they got a sack out of it. It looks like they didn't have a lot of success getting pressure with it. So we love to see if they go back to that same well or not. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anything else on offense that you guys want to talk about before we move on? I mean, the Chiefs are going to have to try to run the ball. The Bills have been relatively good in stopping the run. The Chiefs are just such an inefficient run team. They really are just so inefficient at it. But when you when you watch the Dolphins game, I don't think you at any point in time you were ever sitting there like, man, I really think this run game isn't working. This is completely useless, right? It, it never felt like that. But when you get to the end of the game and you go look at the numbers and it's like, oh, I could have swore I remembered a couple 10-yard runs. How are they averaging barely over three yards per carry? Like, how does that happen? Just, they're an incredibly inefficient running team, right? And it's, so they have to be able to run the ball when they need to uh, in this game against the Bills because you are going to have to keep the Bills, uh, not honest, but a little bit. Like, the teams no longer respect the deep ball from for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just not something they're afraid of anymore. If you also don't make them play the run, they're just going to load up the middle of the field, clog up the intermediate spots in the field in the, in the passing game. They're going to take away your Rasheed Rice crossing routes. They're going to take away Travis Kelsey trying to find soft spots and zones, and you've got to have something else to make them think about it. It was nice to see McCall Hardman get behind the defense and at least put that in the back of their mind. It's nice that the Chiefs do have a couple Isaiah Pacheco games out there that you have to, like, hey, if he gets rolling, this is what can happen. You just you got to make the Bills feel that early in this game, and even if the efficiency falls off as it goes, I think a big first half, big first quarter from Pacheco in this Chiefs run game will go a long way in dictating kind of how the Chiefs offense can finally once again control the matchup versus trying to react to a defense, which it felt like they've done way too much this year. Yeah, Buffalo is ninth in the NFL since about week ten, so that's you know taking out any Matt Milano reps, you know, getting you know the backup Mike more in phase with the rest of the defense. They are ninth in the NFL in in rush defense success rate. That's that's really good, you know, and that's one of those with an incredibly inefficient rush, you know, offense. It's going to be hard kind of lining up and saying, okay, well, we're going to run the ball against the defense that does a pretty good job of staying ahead of the sticks. But at the same time, if your offensive line is controlling the line of scrimmage, if you're able to control a Vaughn Miller, if you're able to control a Greg Russo, you want those linebackers to have to try and think twice about making that first step a negative one. You know, we're, we're taking steps back into pass coverage. You want them to have to respect that. So we are going to see the run because Andy Reid's going to put that on their plate. Lots of jet motion, lots of stuff like that. Same stuff that we talked about with the Miami Dolphins in the preview last week, trying to put a lot on their plate, trying to make them read a lot of extra stuff out and give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco and make it more difficult for them. Make them think twice about making that negative step. Make them want to take that positive step towards the line of scrimmage then hit him with Rasheed Rice or a Travis Kelsey over the top there. So I do think that they're going to use it. I do think that they're going to lean on it a little bit more than maybe Chiefs fans will want in the moment, you know, if it's not super effective. But in the grander scheme of keeping those linebackers honest, I think it's probably for the best that they do lean on it a little bit more. They had a heavy run pass ratio last time that these two teams played. It was heavy on the pass. It was 44 to 17 Without Isaiah Pacheco. Without Isaiah Pacheco. But I I agree, though. I think balance is pretty important in this game. And so I I went back and looked at, you know, if you look at the Steelers game, early in that game, the Bills were, I don't know how much you can really take, you know, take some of that away or, you know, as a big takeaway, but the Bills were selling out to stop the run early in that game against the Steelers because they knew the Steelers were going to try to establish the run because Mason Rudolph was their quarterback. Um, 
things softened up a little bit as the game went on for them. But I think, you know, the Chiefs, because of what they present, they might be able to get some favorable looks differently than the Steelers were able to early in the game. I think they might be able to run the ball a bit. And I do agree, a little bit more balance to this game could be beneficial. The Bills did not see Isaiah Pacheco, to your point last time that these two teams played. They did not get a look at him. And like, I don't know how much that really matters. They've seen him before, but that's the Chiefs' best running back. I mean, that's that's an that's a that's a that's a guy you want getting the ball in the playoffs for sure because his energy, his physicality, he's not a guy that you you know that you want to tackle. And uh, I, I think, yeah, I think we could see him get involved uh, in a, in a big big way and, and be a big asset to to this team trying to trying to win a game in Orchard Park. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Right. You can get the Chiefs plus money right now as they are uh, underdogs against the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Play, please play responsibly on behalf of Booth Hook Senior Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com. Slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I looked at this looked at this game a little bit and kind of look at some of those numbers. And James Cook had a ridiculous day, but if you take away James Cook, Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, that is thirteen of the receptions. That is all but eighty-ish passing yards for the Buffalo Bills. They fed James Cook early. They got the tight ends involved. That is a, I mean, they, like, they shut Stephon Tiggs down, but the tight ends and, and running backs had a lot of success in this game the last time that these two teams played. And I don't know. I think it's something worth paying attention to. I don't think that they, I don't think the Bills can do that again and win this game. Um, I think that's what the Bills are trying to do now. I know. That he, you, the, did, I, did you like that he took out all these players that are, like, the key components of their own? He just right? took out, like, this right now. But Stephon Diggs has been trash. He's been bad. He's been bad. That's what I mean. So, like, that's not a factor to me. I I feel like if I'm starting this game and I'm like, hey, who do we need to stop? I'm the it's James Cook and the tight end. So, like, yeah, if you remove them, I'm sure it looks pretty bad. I just thought it was funny the way we got there. I know. I I'm sorry, yes. but like, I just it's no, no, no. just funny. It's like I I it's so I I can't. I like we're jumping here. off here. I like this is the jumping off point. It was just the path to get here. It was giving me it was making me laugh a little bit. Um. Yeah, I I think we all know at this point. This was Nick Bolton's first game back from IR. Andrew Tranquil left this game in like the first series, not the first defensive play. I think no, I think he was a healthy scratch. Oh, was it? Okay, healthy scratch. I think it was a a, a scratch. It's not a game scratch. after the concussion. Yes, yeah. He did the game after the concussion. Right, right. So you're you're down a linebacker, and then the other guys just come back from the IR, and then you just do a great job. Joe Brady does a great job getting James Cook matched up on Nick Bolton, or at least the other linebackers in pass coverage frequently to start the game, and that's where they're having success. 
as the game continues, they do a pretty good job of getting lead blockers out. They're making these linebackers run through space to defend the run game and also defend the Josh Allen pole and all of the stuff. So they did a good job attacking the linebackers. Nick Bolton is playing night and day better now than he was in that game. Drew Tranquil is going to be healthy for this game. I think those two things right there matter significantly. Those two things right there. I'm not saying this means James Cook is shut down, but I don't know if you can you know, center three whole drives around James Cook that result, directly result in points because you were able to attack Nick Bolton and the lack of Drew Tranquil. I don't think that will be something that you can repeat. Then you move on to the next point. Yeah, I think the biggest threats in the passing game are tight ends. The Chiefs don't really have a great answer for defending tight ends. They're okay versus it. They're not like tight ends destroy them, but they don't have a tight end shutting down player, right? So like I do think Kincaid, Knox, that's kind of like the big matchup that I have my eyes on. I don't doubt that James Cook will make a couple plays here and there. I just don't think you can use him as the as the key cog for three drives like they did in that first matchup to lead to points with the improvement we've seen from the linebackers. It's more the tight ends, I think, that are worrying me a bit. And this was, I think, the game that kind of made me think about what they were doing holistically with with Nick Bolton, with the way that they were pulling him on and off the field. This was the first one that made me go, well, hang on a second. They, I knew that they were pulling him out. I knew that they were giving Drew Tranquil reps. It, it, Steve Spagnuolo rotates these guys in and out all the time, but it made me start looking at the drives here. This is actually one where Nick Bolton came out after the third drive. Buffalo Bills at that point had put up 139 yards and 14 points on the board. They swap it out. Jack Cochran comes in and doesn't finish the drive because Justin Reed gets hurt, which should tell you that at that moment, Justin Reed was probably calling some of the defense and helping adjust up because Nick Bolton came in immediately after Justin Reed got hurt. Now, obviously, Justin Reed comes back in. After that point, the defense had eight drives. So three drives, 139 yards. Eight drives, they allow 138 total in those eight eight. (laughs) and six points for the rest of the game. They figured it out. I know we're we're all pointing to James Cook, you know, uh, the tight ends, like they they were beaten up on this linebacking court. They figured it out. They made the necessary adjustments to shut that down in Buffalo and make it to where they allowed 17 and a quarter yards per drive after that. That is more than enough to try and keep the Buffalo Bills out of the end zone, keep them off the scoreboard here. So I fully expect, based on what we saw last week, again, Nick Bolton had his best game one of his best in his career certainly the best game this year and so he he was terrific last week drew tranquil has been terrific he played really well last week as well i do think that they are going to come out with the right moves to try and limit guys like james cook to try and limit those tight ends they can only do so much you know there's a good football players too but i don't think we're going to see the same level of oh no this defense is in trouble they're getting beat up at the linebacker level the same way that we saw to start that Buffalo Bills game because they rectified it in the game. I don't think that there's any chance in hell that Buffalo, who for the past six, seven weeks now, has been playing for their playoff lives and has been pulling out every single stop. Buffalo doesn't have a whole bunch of stuff in their back pocket offensively to try and get those three weapons wide open against what the Chiefs defense are doing. So I don't think that this is something where they're going to come out with a whole bunch of you know game changers and anything like that, Steve Spagnuolo is going to come out with the right game plan. I am very anxious to see because they're going to try and go with those three guys immediately. The Chiefs shut them down early. Yikes. It might be bad news for the Buffalo offense. Well, Stephon Diggs, seven catches, 52 yards last week. 
and playing hurt and got hurt at one point. Um, Dawson Knox found the end zone, but he he had one catch for nine yards. Dalton Kincaid's the guy that I think can be a big game wrecker of of their pass catchers right now. Well, there's there's another one I want to talk about that's kind of under the radar at the receiver position, but Dalton Kincaid catches a bender on a a, a static cover two play, r- sudden change, twenty nine yard touchdown right after. Great catch. That's a special tight end running that running that up there because he's that's that's a good athlete play to be able to do that. Had a good catch down the sideline as well. He's come on. He's come on a little bit. He's not a high volume guy, you know the way some other guys are. I mean, still you got six targets, second on the team in targets to Stephon Diggs, who again is playing hurt. But I, you know, Dalton Kincaid, I think has gotten better and better and better as the season gone on, and the Bills have badly badly needed him to step up because they've there's so much regression in this pass catcher group and there's just so much inconsistency in this pass catcher group right now that Dalton Kincaid's ascension has been pretty crucial for them to you know continue to find some opportunities to 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 extend this win streak yeah I mean, and he's a guy that Allen frequently looks to once he breaks the pocket like when he gets out of the container of the pocket and he's now looking downfield to make throws without Gabe Davis being able to play and with Stefan Diggs in his just like uh their connection being a little off Diggs looking a little slower this year whatever you know might be going on there he Kincaid seems to be one of the first guys that Allen's looking to when he's on the move right and so that's something you have to watch for when Allen's on the move whoever's near him needs to make sure they get stuck on him like Luke because Allen will throw up a ball that I don't want to say he's up for grabs because it is oftentimes very well placed but he's not waiting for Kincaid to be wide open. He's throwing it out there for Kincaid to go make a play, and he's been doing that some. So whatever defender's nearby has to be ready for a ball to whistle by their ear, has to be ready for a ball to be put with an arm's reach. They just have to be ready for it. So that is that is one guy. Um, I assume the other guy you, you were about to talk about is Khalil Shakir, uh, slot receiver for, for the Bills. He stepped up the last few weeks. They've been in find him. He's hit a couple big plays. For them, he's kind of become a reliable underneath option when they need timing stuff. Since Diggs hasn't been consistent doing that, since Dawson Knox hasn't has seemed to have taken a little bit of a step back this year from where he was trending, you know, up to this point, this before this season in his career, they needed to find somebody else to do kind of the short, dirty work for him. And that that has been Shakir for a lot of the season. Now, I would venture to guess the Chiefs are in a relatively good spot to handle him because they have, hey, the first team all pro nickel quarterback in Trent McDuffie on their team. And so whether Diggs wants to go hide in the slot to get away from Legereus Sneed, or you got Shakir lined up in the slot, Trent McDuffie is more than willing to handle all this. He is okay taking all these short, these shallow routes. We all have seen it. That's where McDuffie's at his best. Don't throw him, you know, don't have him carrying receivers vertically all the time. Don't have him handling big bodied guys at the catch point, but anything underneath, he's been exceptional this year. So I think Shakir has been a good sign for the Bills, but I almost feel like this is a matchup that he might have a little bit of difficulty trying to be one of the main targets because of the matchup. Yeah, and with the Buffalo Bills, the way that they are, Gabe Davis has not practiced this week. It's still undetermined. Like it, It's looking like maybe he won't play. Doesn't seem like it. The, the guys behind him, you know, it's Stephon Diggs, Khalil Shakir, I really like, but, you know, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, not, not guys that you're looking at and you're like, wow, I'm really scared about those sorts of guys. You feel good about when they go with 11 personnel that the Chiefs can match them with a Joshua Williams or a Jalen Watson out there. So I wonder if we're going to see a lot more 12 personnel. I wonder if we're going to see a lot more 
you know, Dalton Kincaid, they can treat a little bit like a move tight end there. You know, yes. you know, they, they, they can still treat some of that like 11 personnel and get matchups, you know, like a Joshua Williams or a Jalen Watson on a tight end or something. But I feel good about the actual passing game matchups short of some of those intermediate options, like those tight ends, like what's going on there, simply because there are ways to get them matched up against a linebacker. And even though I feel good about Spagnuolo's ability to try and take those guys away, and that I feel good about the way the linebackers are playing, quite simply, it's a tight end on a linebacker that's always going to favor the tight end, barring you know like a super blocking third string tight end. So I actually like the way that the Chiefs match up with this, you know, with this passing game. I wonder which version of Josh Allen we're going to see. Like, are we going to see, is Josh Allen going to put on a superhero cape? Because if they do, Chiefs Demons could do just about everything right, and it may not matter. He's going to run over guys. He's going to get loose. Like, he's one of those guys, the same guy that Mahomes has been throughout his career, where you're just like, man, we did that perfect, and it didn't matter. Josh Allen has that ability. So are we going to get that version of Josh Allen? That's the one that we saw Last week against Pittsburgh, I really like the way. I, I know that the numbers aren't like gaudy or anything, but he was really efficient. I really liked the way that he played. Is he the one that played in the second half against Miami, which was just incredible, absolutely took over the end of that game? Or is it the one that started against Miami? Or the one that, you know, played against New England that had no touchdowns and interception and two fumbles? Josh Allen hasn't gone back-to-back games this entire year where he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't turn the ball over last week. And so I think that it's it's there, it's at the offering, and when he has turned the ball over this year, it's typically not been a onesie. You know, it's not just been, oh, I threw a pick. Oh, man, onesie. Yeah, it's a onesie, yeah. It's been two or three. Like, it really has. Because he's trying to fire his way back into the game. And they're not going to try and get that out of him it's what makes him him and it what makes him as good as he is but if this is one of those games where he's continuing to try and fire it in there against this secondary that's really good and these weapons without Gabe Davis that aren't as much of a threat as some of the other teams that the Chiefs have played certainly not as much of a threat as the Chiefs played last week from a weapon standpoint I feel really good about the way the Chiefs match up Stefan Diggs was not on the injury report yesterday Today he pops up with a do, did not practice foot slash veteran rest. It feels like the Bills might be hiding a little bit. Like this is just how I read it. Like why would you throw a vet rest on an actual injury that you weren't reporting the day prior if you're not trying to maybe minimize the injury a little bit? I don't know. It just kind of just that kind of threw me off. Like he wasn't getting treatment yesterday. Now all of a sudden he's getting treatment for a foot injury and getting rest. Something might've happened in the last 24 hours that, you know, that would, I mean, that that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Um, so that's worth paying attention to. Um, I, I wanted to ask you guys this. I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about this. Um, because like, I genuinely believe that the chiefs just have a coaching advantage. I think they have a coaching advantage pretty much every time that they line up on a field. And C. Spagnuolo in the playoffs is a big deal. This is the first time that any team has seen the Brady uh, offense twice. This is the first time that that Joe Brady's offense is going to be seen a second time. I'm very interested in that 
compounded with the fact that Steve Spagnuolo is an incredible playoff defensive coordinator and an elite coach and one of the greatest defensive coordinators in the history of our sport. The rings, he has the rings to show it. I'm just interested in that. I think, you know, like, I and I, I like this team has been running on fumes a little bit. I'm just curious how much they have in the bag to really counteract, you know, to counteract things. Like, I, it's a genuine question. Counterpoint, you know, this is the second time Joe Brady will see C. Spagnuolo. So, what does he have for his adjustments to? I mean, but, but that's the point. Who do you trust more? Well, yeah, obviously Joe Brady has not proven himself to the same way that Steve Spagnuolo has. And like, I'm not betting against Steve Spagnuolo in a single game matchup against anybody. I would, I might take Steve Spagnuolo in a single game matchup versus Andy Reid if we're just talking about scheme. Yep. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> sure I'm not to that point. It's get single game here, right? Like, there's very few guys that are on that level. Uh, I mean, like, you're kind of looking at like Spags, like what Todd Bowles has done in some situations has also been excellent. Like, but I mean, like, still, like, there's not many people that compare to him, right? And so, yeah, I think the Chiefs can throw away a lot of stuff at the Bills and make it very difficult. Here it is, though. At the end of the day, Craig said it. It doesn't matter what Joe Brady's doing. It doesn't matter what Spags is doing. Josh Allen has this superhuman button that he can hit, and if everything is flowing, if he's seeing everything right, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how much you try to confuse him. If he's seeing it or if he's just feeling it and slinging the ball around and running, it might not matter. Right? If he's pull, if he's doing all the right thing, it might not matter how much you're out coaching them. That is like that is the ultimate equalizer. And yeah, the Chiefs have had that with Mahomes in the past. We haven't seen it as much this year. And like we're gonna get about that when we get to like the game prediction, but like that could be a big part of it. We have seen it more from Allen this year, not as much as of late here down the stretch, but we've seen it more this year. So yeah, Chiefs, I think they do have a coaching edge on both sides of the ball. I'll take Andy Reid's offensive scheme versus, you know what the Bills got going with McDermott, and I would take Spags. It's just the execution has to be clean for the Chiefs this year, and we haven't seen that week in and week out. And it's really hard to always execute well versus Josh Allen. He is he is taking the crown for Patrick Mahomes as being the best you know percentage of pressures to sacks ratio in the NFL this year. The amount of times Josh Allen sees a free rusher and doesn't get sacked is bananas. So like you can beat him through scheme, but do you still beat him on the play? It's not, he is the best at losing the scheme and still winning on the play in the NFL right now. And this isn't the first time that, you know, uh, Joe Brady and Steve Spagnuolo has matched up and not even in week 14. They saw each other in 2020. Uh, that was Spagnuolo's worst defense in Kansas City uh, when Joe Brady was with the Carolina Panthers as the offensive coordinator. That team had Christian McCaffrey on it and Christian McCaffrey <laughs> went off. And so did Curtis Samuel. So, I mean, like, uh, Joe did Brady... Did Neiman get trucked by Teddy Bridgewater that game? I think he did, <laughs> yes. I, I think he did. So, I mean, there, there's obviously a couple of things that have changed, but, you know, it is one of those that I think the more that Spagnolo sees guys, sees not just players, but also offensive coordinators, the more he dials in on it. So, I don't think that that's a bad thing. Like, I'm certain that he's pulling stuff out of that 2020, you know, playbook and going, okay, we got to keep an eye on if they try and hit us with this. We got to keep an eye on if they try and do something like this. He's looking at the stuff that he's done here in Buffalo with these weapons as well. He knows what the tendencies are going to be from Joe Brady better than a lot of defensive coordinators going into any game are going to be because that's what he does best. So I really think, you know, from a coaching standpoint, to your point, Kit, this is an advantageous matchup for the Chiefs on both sides of the ball. Now, 
I think the Bills probably have a little bit more talent, uh, a little better collection of talent. I really like what they've put together. I do think that these teams are pretty evenly matched. I'd give it a little bit more on talent to the Bills, but certainly coaching for the Chiefs, because especially in the postseason. That regular season, I'm giving it to the Chiefs. Postseason, it's a slam dunk because you know postseason Spags and postseason Andy are a different beast. So I do think that there is an opportunity here. If the Chiefs get up in this game, if they are you know kind of running along, smooth sailing, they're dialed into everything Buffalo's doing, I don't feel confident in Buffalo's ability to make the necessary adjustments to throw their way back into the game. The other way around, maybe. I feel confident in the coaching staff's ability to make a necessary adjustment to stop what Josh Allen is doing. They already did it once this year. Or for Andy Reid to scheme something up to get a little better looks. Now, receivers have to catch the ball. Guys have to execute well still. But I feel more comfortable with the Chiefs coaching staff making the necessary adjustments than I do the Bills. All right. It's players to watch time presented by Tickets for Less. Promo code KCSN gets you access to discount available uh, disc, the best available discount on tickets for less so if the Chiefs get in the AFC championship game they're hosting the Arrowhead Invitational again make sure you go to ticketsforless.com promo code KCSN Craig who's your player to watch well my player to watch this week is going to be George Karloftis um, there's going to be a lot on the plate of the Chiefs defensive line you know James Cook they're going to want to hand the ball off to him they're going to probably play a lot of heavy personnel, 12 personnel. We're going to see a lot more of that. George Karloftis is going to catch some chips there. And Josh Allen is a very difficult player to bring down, as everybody knows. And I know everybody is worried about who's going to spy him, who's going to line up and try and keep him corralled in the pocket. It's not just as simple as you put one linebacker out there, the Willie Gay back there, and he's just going to handle Josh Allen and don't worry about it. It is a rush plan. And there are very few players on this defensive line that adhere to the rush plan as well as a George Karloftis does. It's why he gets as many sacks as he does. He is in the right place. He is in the right rush lane. He is executing well. Guys like he and Mike Dana make this go, but George is able to finish a lot of these. And so I really like the matchup over there. I think George Karloftis is going to be able to get pressure. I think that there's a potential for him to get yet another playoff sack. My man is just racking him up over here. So, I, I mean, I really like this matchup. I really like his ability to kind of crush the pocket, play through the tackle, and keep Josh Allen in it rather than allowing him to escape out of free B-gap or something like that like we've seen in the past. So this is a tough one. Um, I was going to go with the entire defensive line, but Craig already ripped somebody off there, so I don't want to go with the rest of the defensive line. Um, that's not as fun. Um, last week, I did go Travis Kelsey for it had the Chiefs had to function their funnel their offense through him that would also reign true in this game and like you know he had a good game and a couple drops though that really impacted Kelsey's overall stat line but let's go to the true star of the offense Rasheed Rice is uh, my player to watch this game we've seen it the Chiefs are when Travis Kelsey is not able to get open and dominate a game they can tell pretty early on they kind of shift their offensive mindset goes to how do they get Rice involved how do they get the ball in his hands to create yak how do they get the ball in his hands downfield? How do they get him working horizontally across the field, get him the ball in space, and let him go make plays? And they've done a tremendous job at it, and the more they put on this plate, the more he shows out. The more responsibility he takes, the better he gets. That leads to him setting you know, a franchise record as a rookie for catches and uh, yards in the first game against the Dolphins. I think he might have a similarly favorable matchup here against the Bills, especially because you would anticipate them like they always have, sending so much attention at Travis Kelsey, you're just going to be running Rasheed Rice across the field 
over and over and over again. And once he gets the ball in the open field, he is really difficult to bring down for a beat up secondary for a beat up second level of players. So I think Rasheed Rice could be in you know due time for another big game, especially working behind those in that linebacker room. And if Taron Johnson's unable to play, there's going to be a lot of space out there for him. I think this is my third straight episode making this case again, and I'm going to do it. I wrote about it in the KCSN Substack. The Chiefs need to hit some vertical shots. They need to try to hit one or two down the field. I think it does a world of difference opening some things up for them underneath. And I think just the threat of it last week with McCole Hardman helped tremendously. I am I am imploring the Chiefs to continue to attack down the field and take a few shots here or there. It can be McCole. It can be Justin Watson. It can be MVS. I think it should be Hardman. He's the guy that can run past this this. This is not a, a overly fast Bills secondary either. These are some aging safeties. They might be able to get got down the field, and I know things did not look good last week with Hardman down the field for varying reasons, but that's going to be the point of emphasis for him this entire week. What like Go, hey, finish, finish plays. Run through plays. Look for the ball. That's going to be that's going to be the points of emphasis for him this week. I think they're going to get McCole Hardman involved again. I think they're going to hit a shot down the field. It's going to be a big moment in this game when McCole Hardman comes down with a big explosive pass play. All right. Prediction time. Craig, what you got? Buffalo Bills defense has not allowed more than 22 points since they played the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's before their bye week. That was in week 12. They came out of their bye week, played against the Kansas City Chiefs. 22 points. That's pretty good. They have put up over that in every single game, except for the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, in that game, shot themselves in the foot repeatedly and made a very critical error at the end of the game that prevented them from winning that one. I think the Chiefs scored 24 in this one. I don't think the Buffalo Bills are scoring 20 in this one. I just think the Kansas City Chiefs defense matches up very, very, very well with what the Bills want to do. Steve Spagnuolo is going to come out with a very good game plan to try and stop this running back, these tight ends, and the rush plan is going to be top-notch against Josh Allen. I don't think we see superhero Josh Allen this week. I just don't. I think that this is going to be one where maybe it's on the down end of the roller coaster. I think that the Chiefs are going to walk away with this one, go to their sixth straight AFC Championship game. I say the Chiefs win this one 24-17. I'm very torn about this game. Um, to start with this matchup, we even started thinking about it. Um, and even when the, you know we first knew the matchup, I was heavily leaning towards the Bills, not in a, a blowout, but heavily leaning towards the Bills winning this game because I think we have seen them win football games in a more variety of ways than we've seen the Chiefs this year. I think these games oftentimes come down to a final possession or whoever has the ball last, and we have seen the Bills execute better than the Chiefs this year in those situations. The Chiefs have been terrible in game-winning drive situations this year, especially needing touchdowns, right? And so I had a pretty strong lean towards the Bills. The injury report does sway things a little bit for me just because not that I didn't already think it was an area the Chiefs would attack, but when you're even losing more guys on what was a potential weakness, and that's right directly in the area the Chiefs look good, it gets a little, it gets a little worrisome, and then you start really breaking into it. I agree with Craig. 
is a good matchup, I think, for the Chiefs defense. Once again, Steve Spagnuolo is very good with the scheme. We have seen him, you know, in half of the matchups with Josh Allen really have Josh Allen reeling mentally. Not that Josh Allen still can't make plays, but he has been reeling. He has looked very uncomfortable, and I think you will see that again. So I don't think you were going to get some dom- I don't think you're going to get the 13 seconds game performance from Josh Allen here in this one, right? And so I really started to go back and forth. I, I, I feel like it's very 50-50. If the Chiefs offense can maintain the same rhythm that they did against the Dolphins and fix some red zone issues, they have a very good chance to win this game. I just don't know if I'm ready to say it yet. Bills 26, Chiefs 24. I'm glad you went not last. Yeah. <laughs> so last week, I said we forgot a little bit about who this team is and who this organization is. And it's kind of worth reminding everybody that this team is the defending Super Bowl champion. They have the best player in the world. They're starting to figure things out and they know what to do and what it takes to win in January. So last week was we forgot. This week is y'all forgot. And by y'all, I mean all the national pundits talking right now. Everyone is discrediting this Chiefs team. Everyone is discrediting Patrick LaVon Mahomes. The screenshots on every national brand on television running rampant, ranking Patrick Mahomes low, favoring Josh Allen in this matchup. So we went from, you know, we kind of needed a reminder, I think, in Kansas City, but y'all forgot in the nation who Patrick LeVon Mahomes is. And I don't know exactly, you know, I, I know that we've seen some inconsistencies from everyone around Mahomes. I know that there's been the problems, and that's really been the driving force for why this team has failed to achieve the things that they, you know, they are capable of doing. But things are, get, things are looking better. Things have got better. And that dude's still here. And I cannot think of a better place for Patrick Mahomes to play his first road playoff game than Orchard Park. If I could pick anywhere, I think maybe Cincinnati. Oh, Orchard Park's right up there. I cannot wait because I think the narratives are already already happening. I think this team is peaking at the right time. I think they're playing better football. And I don't think Patrick LaVon Mahomes is going to let this team lose. I think he is going to will his team to a very good offensive performance. 30-24. Kansas City Chiefs are advancing to the AFC Championship game again. And I don't know if it's going to be that you know nothing less than hosting an AFC Championship game, but the streak ain't ending this year. We will talk to you at Holiday Distillery after this game for a Chiefs AFC Divisional Round celebration. Catch you later. Making my profile private. Maddie's a hater. Will message me. Hey. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.